Hi, and welcome to the Resocial Hour. This is uh, Joey. We're here with uh, Emily and Anthony today. Y'all want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. I wave at the screen like if people can see me. I forget this is audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would so, full disclosure, we do this through Zoom so that we can see each other's smiling faces as we record each, each other's thoughts. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, social media in our own lives and in academia in our own academic lives because one of the things I noticed uh, lately was just that oftentimes academics even, uh, who even teach social media don't necessarily even have social media accounts or kind of have an attitude of you know oh well you know I don't really I'm not into that and um, and maybe it's my generational like uh, observation just that uh, people in my generation I'm 42 uh, and, and a little older tend to not be on the social medias. And, uh, I've been on the social media since it started. And, um, I know that our, our, my colleagues here, Emily and, and, uh, Anthony are at least active in some spaces. And while I'm not on all the platforms, I tend to, to have one, at least one that I'm kind of jamming on at a time. And, and, uh, one would think that, um, that's just trivial like that, that, that might, what does that really mean as an academic, but as academics who work in, in the space of social media and work with students who are social media natives, just like we talked about digital natives in, in the two thousands. Uh, and then in the 2010s, they had this idea of the digital native, the, the person who had grown up with the internet or grown up with computers and desktop publishing and things like that. We now have social media natives. So what does it mean to be teaching uh, with social media natives or teaching, I call it with, as some people may say too, but, you know, teaching with social media natives, um, as a, as a, a graduate student and our, uh, professor. And then, you know, what, what does that look like in your life? Like, how do you incorporate it and how do you, uh, maybe have some, some of your own reflexivity in that space? So who wants to start off? I, I don't mind going first. Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of similar to you, Joey, where like I have multiple social media accounts, but I don't really have enough time and energy to focus on all of them. So I kind of just have one that's like my preferred one. Like right now I'm spending most of my time on Instagram, um, a little on Facebook, like, you know, the, for the traditional, like keeping in touch with grandma and that kind of thing, but not really a place where I like express myself very openly. Um, but Instagram is a place that I like, cause I can bring in my like scholar, my scholar community, but then I also do a lot of knitting and like crafts and that kind of thing. And so there's also like a really good network on Instagram for that since it's so visual. Um, as far as like integrating social media into, into classes, I haven't done a bunch of teaching, but I have um, taught public speaking. And that was one of the things that I thought about while teaching that class was, you know, this kind of like getting up in front of a, a body of 30 people and like giving a speech isn't really something that people do very often unless they're in school. Like, it's really hard to think about kind of real life applications of that now, which is probably strange. Because um, like I was reading about in my class this week, you know, traditional like political activism or political organizing was done through like social organizations where you would go up and you, you know, give a comment or you'd go to a board meeting and you'd have to speak. But now that's not really how a lot of my generation is active. Like it mostly is online um, or asynchronous, that kind of thing. So it, it made me think about what are ways that we can kind of modify traditional public speaking courses in order to teach students how to speak and get their voice out, but using, you know, media tools that people actually listen to now, 
you know, like, could a public speaking class teach podcasting? Like, I don't see why not. Like, that seems like a great way for students to get their voice out or social media campaigns, you know, like, well, that's not necessarily speech, like out loud, it is definitely still speech and expression. So I think it like our, our media world now has to make us rethink what what these traditional classes are, you know, and I know there's a lot more involved with that than just changing a syllabus because there's, you know, state regulatory bodies and such. But I think it's time that we start thinking about that. It's funny that you mentioned that, Emily, because I, I literally had that same conversation yesterday with a friend of ours for lunch. <clears throat> I met up with Tyler, a friend of ours and a colleague of ours here at AM. And uh, we went to get lunch and we had that exact conversation. Like, what if we the, the curriculum for public speaking changed a little bit to reformat itself to fit more of the new media and technology um, standards and practices that most of our students use today? I think that'd be an interesting topic uh, worth a discussion a little down the line, um, maybe in another episode or something. I always say that for for any episode well here's a new topic um but in relation to the social media aspect um like like both of you i'm very active in 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 one in particular in comparison to the what four or five that i have um so for example um so i remember when i and i even had the chance to teach um introduction to social media and one of the terms and uh that really stuck with me is the the idea and concept of digital projections and um and so i always would explain to my students and like that for example in linkedin we have the digital projection of professionalism and that we portray ourselves in in this aspect right like a very professional in comparison to maybe Snapchat or Instagram, where it's more, um, you know, where we might be like outgoing and with our friends or family or more personalized, um, or if you want to be like parting it up or whatever, that's the where you would put it. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think about my digital projections on each of the platforms. So um, <clears throat> Facebook, for sure, the way I keep that is more professional. Um, because a lot of my mentors, advisors and colleagues and all that, they're, they're there on Facebook and my family's there on Facebook too. Um, and so I try to keep that more professional and I, I'll, you know, every once in a while I'll put something personal and stuff. Um, but it's mainly like personal, professional, there's that, but on the more, um, personal side and like like with my friends and stuff like that, I think I'm more on Instagram. Um, and then I recently brought back Snapchat, even though I really don't use it too often. Um, and then Twitter, I have Twitter too. And that's another one. I'm just kind of like, I just use it to scroll and get news information. Um, but I really hardly ever post on there. And I'm like, why do I have a Twitter? But I noticed that a lot of academics have Twitter. And so I'm thinking, ah, oh, should I have it just to like, be a part of the sphere you know what i mean um i don't know um but for for me instagram's where it's at like i I just like instagram and then tiktok i'm I'm fairly new at too and then i know we started a tiktok all together for resocial and so that's been fun to kind of learn and play around with too and to have those conversations with our students about tiktok and with um all these different platforms and stuff so hearing their perceptions about these platforms is really interesting to me too and how they use them 
and how, you know, they might use them for professional purposes or just for fun and things like that too. And um, I don't know. I think it's really interesting too. Um, One of the things I think about too, in relation to social media is like, how do I break that for, you know, how do I, or do I even break that fourth wall between um, myself and my students? Because there's students that do go, that tell me i would love to keep in touch with you um can can i add you on social media or whatever i'm like and then so i have to think about it sometimes i'm like am i posting anything i shouldn't be should i do it you know and then more i, I mean more often than not i think the times that i they have asked me or requested to follow me if they find me at least <laughs> they uh they uh <laughs> they i i do let i i follow them and they follow me back you know or we we add each other or whatever and so it's totally cool you know and and um so so in my in my perception that's the way i do it like i i have broken that fourth wall and that you know because again as i mentioned before in other episodes and stuff rapport building is really huge for me and it's just another way of building a, a community and seeing the growth of my students because um I'm giving a super long-winded answer, but I promise there's a point to it. Um, I've, I've had a chance to see the growth of some of my students who have graduated. And again, to me, whenever I see that success that they're having, it makes me so happy and proud. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, I don't have kids of my own and maybe one day I will, but seeing, seeing my students and seeing people that I've been able to mentor and help doing really cool things really makes me happy. So um, that's the conclusion of what I have to say about it. I'm just really happy and proud of that. And so that's kind of like the way I use social media and integrate it within my professional and personal life. Well, I wish you had shared a little bit more, but, uh, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just teasing, man. I'm just oh, teasing. Dude. No, like, no, so, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing. I, you know, it's funny. I'm the one that asked this question. And now that I go to answer it, I kind of have this duality because while I'm excited to give my answer, I want to be clear that like, I, I really believe that social media and, and your social life in general is something you should have your own agency over. Mm. You know, I don't think this is a, a declaration of saying that um, people need to share their life online or in order for you to be seen as authentic, you need to share your life online or anything like that. So I want to be very clear about that. Cause I'm about to, you know, what, what I'm about to share is that like, you know, I share all my stuff online. I share my life online heavily. Main things I exclude are my kid. You know, I, I have my, uh, I, I talk about my kid on Facebook, but that's it. I don't post about him on uh, Instagram or anything that's like publicly facing um, uh, or I try not to, I mean, every once in a while, you know, I'll have, I'll, I'll squeak one by, but, um, but for the most part, like my family, I don't post too much about, um, outside of Facebook on Facebook. If I'm friends with people, I'll, I'll post, I post up and, uh, and share things. But, uh, my main platform is definitely, um, Instagram and then YouTube. And, uh, I use Instagram heavily, for my day-to-day social media posting 
And uh, I post about academia, I post about hi-fi, and I post about uh, like health and diet and wellness all together. Like those three things are like one component. And, um, <clears throat> and I do that a lot on Instagram and, and uh, it's, it's been, um, it's been a journey. Like I've, you know, I've been using it for some time and, and I've been posting up about like my lives reality through blogs since uh, 2003 no 2005 sorry and um in my blogs i mean like one i wrote with my <laughs> html myself <laughs> and uh, and so i've been doing it for quite some time and and uh and so i've i've been like a digital native even though i didn't grow up necessarily in the generation of being a digital native uh i would i i i grasped onto it early like back in 1996 was when i first started doing like personal digital video editing because my brother was on the proms video committee and we ended up getting a video capture card and, and digitizing a bunch of VHS and, and using Adobe Premiere 4.0 <laughs> back in the day. And that was like my first kind of like, that wasn't social media back then, but that's, that's social media today. I mean, that's what social media would be, would be like taking everybody's phone videos and then making a video to show at prom. That would definitely be something that you'd end up posting on social media and everybody kind of celebrating and, and talking about. And so, um, so ever since then, I've been taking personal video and audio pieces and sharing them online. And so for me, it, it's been a very natural thing. Um, and I've gotten to the point where I'm beyond reflexive about it. Uh, I, I gave a guest lecture today in a social media class and um, I literally don't have to have a PowerPoint. I can just start opening up my social media accounts and, and show people and discuss what it's like. And um, you can literally show people your, your accounts and uh, literally the numbers even like have a, a psychological effect on them. Like, Oh, that has like two views. Oh, that has like, you know, so I was like showing them a video of me starting my car for the first time when I built it and they were just kind of like, uh. and I was like, Oh wow, look, that one like did all right. It has like 18,000 views. And they were like, wait, what? Like what's going on in this video looking at, I'm like, it's just me starting my car. It's just, there's some nerds that like are into that, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then I'll have other videos where I'm showing them and, and they're like, wow, this is really cool. And it has like six views, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's just like not something that I've really put out there heavily or is unlisted. And, um, and so I think about, for me, I use social media as a tool and academia to engage with the students and secondarily engage uh, and, 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 in a primary way, but secondarily with my colleagues. So meaning that typically my colleagues don't value my social media work until I'm putting it into contextual action, meaning that um, I, I have a few people that are like following it and understanding it. But, um, but the greater uh, uh, academic, big A academic space tend to uh, understand and grasp it more when I'm actually presenting it like at a conference or in a set, an academic setting rather than being uh, when I make the post, I'm interacting and putting a comment like, this is great academic content. I'm glad I got to enjoy this short, you know, <laughs> Instagram post about thinking about the hybridity theory of automotive, you know, uh, transnational uh, culturation between Japanese and 
<laughs> and German cars, you know, <laughs> I've never posted a car video like that. But then if I take that post and I put it into a presentation in academia and show it, they can then, they're like, oh, this is like translated into our speak. Or Anthony and I did that a little bit with our most recent uh, video gaming project that we've done. And we're actually working on another one uh, currently about, about Latinx pop by pop pop lab, which we did a, a podcast where we're going to be integrating that. So, yeah, so it's, it's, for me, it's a very like nuanced um, space where I'm not trying to say everybody needs to do that, but I also would assert that there's value in it uh, in terms of um, what I feel is a bottom up approach of social media. Right now we have so many social media natives as, uh, as, as, people that were educating that I see us being educated by them. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I'm legitimately thinking about it. Like that, that way people are like, what's up with this awkward silence? Um, <laughs> um, no, I have one thing yeah. to say, cause this is, I can bring up like one yeah. of my hesitancies. So like, so we, t we had a, um, both me and Anthony talked about like knowing about Twitter. I study Twitter a little bit, but like not being on Twitter. And to be honest about why I'm not on Twitter is because I really don't like the fact that it's so public. Mm. Um, like I like being able to manage my identity in different communities and different groups because I don't feel like I really fit into one. Um, you know, like growing up in rural Wisconsin and then now being in academia for like seven years. You know, it's just like I've kind of... Um, like I've talked to my brother about this, like we're able to kind of code switch between groups. And when you're talking to everyone, you can't, you can't do that. Like, you, like, it's like, I don't know who to be when I am potentially being listened to by everyone. Um, I don't know what to highlight, you know, what's, and also kind of what the social norms and expectations are, because usually, you know, even as students, we go into a classroom and we feel out for the first couple of weeks, what are the norms and expectations in this classroom, you know, and in a place that's open as Twitter, you can't really do that. Like you, you might have followers that are in one community and have like a majority of followers in that community, but you're also not just speaking to that community. So I guess I don't know how to negotiate that. And as someone who researches Twitter and knows how much access researchers have to Twitter, it makes me not want to be on Twitter because it is like, it, it's interesting to think that anyone at any time could basically be analyzing every, anything you say. Like, which is the case for any form of communication, really. But like, if you're talking to a friend in a coffee shop, you have a pretty good, pretty good idea, like risk management. You're talking to your friend at a couch in the corner, like only three people in Airshock can hear you. They don't look like they care. You know, you have those kind of clues in a space like Twitter. You don't. It's like, it's like, you feel like you're like up on a pedestal in the middle of the city, like just screaming it out. And like, I don't know. That's like the thing I'm trying to negotiate with me is I'm like, right now, my favorite social media spaces are spaces that are pretty well curated towards certain audiences. Like even I have multiple Instagram accounts and it's because I can do that. I can curate. Like I have a personal one that's closed, just family and friends. I have a more open one where I post about my knitting stuff and some social justice and some academic stuff. But you know, there, there's these different channels that I can kind of create the space. And in Twitter, I don't still feel like I can create space. Mm -hmm. It's like that power isn't mine. I don't have that agency. Yeah. I, I, well, go ahead, Dre. I'll, I just pop in real quick and just say, I agree with you on Twitter. I don't use it for that exact reason because I, I lurk with it, but I don't, I just, I also just feel like it's um, like, it's real noisy. If that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much filtration you have to do. And, and I just, 
there's like macro tangential uh, tendencies. I just, I, I just like being an internet warrior, being on Twitter from, from the way I feel every time I, I go on it. I feel like if I wanted to just have a full-time job of just internet, like I would be on Twitter. All right. Anyway, sorry. No, that, go ahead, that, Anthony. that's a perfect transition to exactly what I wanted to say is that I feel that way with Twitter, but I also feel that way with um, TikTok. Mm-hmm, because tiktok is very similar in, in that instance and it's like I, I try to make videos for it sometimes and it's like i still find it so hard, hard to be so open with it you know i i even though i i, I try my best to kind of keep what i post like i'm not the type of person that i'm gonna like on tiktok and twitter i'm gonna be posting about my personal life you know what i mean in comparison to like instagram where i'm a little bit more personal uh, about my things um but like, yeah, TikTok is and Twitter are are, are tough for that reason. Um, and it's just so many, especially like TikTok. I think about it because you look at the number of views and stuff like that. And then you see some videos that have like hundreds and thousands, if not millions of views. And then I think to myself, I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. But also it'd be kind of scary. Like I lean more towards the scary part. Even though it's funny that we're saying that on a podcast where we are being extremely vulnerable most of the time. Like last week in, in the episode, I was extremely vulnerable in disclosing a part of my life that I haven't really discussed publicly. And I was kind of scared, to be honest with you. Um, like I, I reheard that episode and I was like, and I was like, I'm being full of transparent here, fully transparent here. I heard reheard that episode to be like, oh my God, I hope I didn't say things that I shouldn't have. But you know what? I stand by what I said. And, um, you know, I, I tried to be as respectful as possible with it. And um, the thing with social media platforms, though, is that people hide behind their laptops and sometimes have fake names or, or whatever. And the, there it's like a free for all battle royale. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's like, people can just like troll and it's just, eh. and I don't know, there's, that, that's one of the things that turned me off to social media, but the things that I find so interesting is when you do find a sense of community there, it, it can be really, really awesome. You know what I mean? Especially like if you're into like certain fandoms or niche communities and topics, I think that's one of the fun parts about it. Um, I, w- I would say that uh, to kind of like bring us to a head because I know we've got to wrap up soon. Um, one of the things you just brought up, like you know, going off of what you just said, is when we went to that BIPOC POC lab event, you know, we exchanged social media with so many different academics and artists. And all of a sudden, you were able to not only go to what they had just been doing before they came and getting to kind of see their work and it could just being contextualized that much more. But since then, at least for me, and I assume you, Anthony, is that you've gotten to also see where they're going now. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get to have a lens into uh, your peers as academics and then also as creators. And so it's kind of like you get to have a pulse to something that before just didn't exist. It wasn't like that. Exactly. Absolutely. That was uh, like, I just went up and visited Emily over at Syracuse and, you know, that was something I'm like, okay, when I have a breath of a moment, I'm going to, I want to go and I want to, I genuinely want to go follow people that I met 
and, and, you know, seek out their social media. Cause I want to be abreast as to what people are doing, because that was like, you know, as an idealist kid that grew up when social media was being created from the bottom up, from a generation of their 15 to 25 year olds. And I was in that bracket. Um, that was what our hopes were, you know, that was the positive side was that we were going to get connected and be able to like, uh, and watch each other succeed and collaborate and promote each other. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things that I also kind of still clamor to and why I am so vulnerable on, on, uh, my social media platforms, because I do get random messages from people that I just would have never guessed that will be like, just, I just want to let you know, I bought a bike because like I've been watching all your cycling posts on Instagram. I just wanted to let you know, I'm like, cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like that's cool. I mean, it's cool, but it's just like, you know, it's very random, you know, mm. uh, uh, stuff like that. So, so I see the value in it, but I also see how we, we each have like our own like padding that we need to put around it. Yeah. And I don't know. Any last words? Social media is tough to navigate. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to add that I'm going to be over talking and talking about in a couple minutes. <laughs> no oh, cool. It's either 10 minutes well, or nothing at all. You know, yeah. what's so cool about this topic and many of the topics that we've, we've covered is just that, you know, we'll be able to come back to them over time and uh, kind of remold them and, and, uh, and recreate because things change and times change. And uh, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about doing this podcast with you all is that, um, we're, we're going over things that we can even be reflective of in a year or two years from now, um, or as we go through, each of us go through our journeys of being academics uh, and humans and, uh, and, and kind of navigating these spaces. So uh, I want to thank all of our listeners, uh, you know, feel free to comment, uh, uh, subscribe to us. We post up on Instagram and we post up on TikTok. Um, We'll be getting more active as the semester winds down, actually, because uh, over the next month, all of us will be very, 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 very busy. But um, at the same time, we'll be creating more and more content. And it just get, you'll, you'll see that we'll, we go in cycles of academic uh, <laughs> designations. <laughs> so, thank you for bearing with us. We're, but we will uh, always try and keep uh, the one, our constant so far is our, our podcast here. And we appreciate y'all listening and make sure to, to check us out uh, on the regular. So y'all have a good one. Thank you, Emily and Anthony. Bye. Bye.